Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cosida Connection podcast. This is your host, Katie Mucci, and I'm here with the other host, Katie Hewitt. With convention next week, which we are both really excited about, or convention registration next week, we're really excited, and we thought it'd be the perfect time to put out a podcast talking about our experiences with convention, the pros and cons, some of the things that we did we think might have improved our experiences and improved our our view of how convention is. So first off with me, this will be my fifth convention I'm going to this year. So I've been going pretty much ever since I got out of college and it's been really fun for me. Katie, how many times have you gone? I was literally just trying to count and I think I've been four times. Three or four. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) What's your what's your experience been like overall positive, negative, um, just like a general view of how how you've gotten with convention? Sure. So the first um, convention that I actually attended, I was, um, it was like right before I was my senior year of college. So I, I've always recommended that to people, you know, students in this field or looking to get into this field to go if they have the opportunity while they're in college, because I think it gave me like a really different perspective as somebody who was not technically like a job seeker, but not technically like employed. Um, in the industry. So I went the summer before my senior year and I made so many contacts. That was amazing. And it was a great, like first, I had a great first impression. And then I've been, like I said, either two or three times since then. I must've been four times. Um, <laughs> but I, I love convention. I think it's a great opportunity to not only like connect with people that you don't see all the time or learn you know, some different things, but it's just a great like get together. And there's so many vastly different things for different people and so many different sessions and networking sessions. And I just, I've loved attending convention every single time that I've gone. So what about you? Yeah, I have a pretty similar experience. I did not go in college though. Um, I actually didn't even get into sports info until my senior year. So I didn't really know about this business. So I didn't, didn't get the chance to go before that year, but I did go my first summer after working a year in the real world um, at the SCAC. And like I said, same experience. It's been really awesome. The networking is is probably one of the biggest parts. I mean, there's a ton of sessions and a ton of learning experiences, but the networking has really been like what's helped my career, what's helped me personally, um, making some really, really good friends, making some contacts in this field. And that's been really helpful to me. And obviously... It's really fun to go out there. You get to travel to some new places. It started out in Orlando and then DC and Dallas and now back in Orlando this year. So it's that's another cool part of it is just getting to go to new places for some people. But I've had a really, really positive experience every time I've gone. And I know that um, you've done some like either moderating or like panel stuff too. You want to talk about that and like that experience? Yeah, definitely. So I am actually, I told Wendy Mayer, who's on the programming committee that I'm I'm saying no this year. I finally learned how to say no. Every year I've been since the first time I've been on a panel or been a speaker of some sort. So I am finally taking a break where I don't have to get up early in the morning to get ready to speak or do any pre-work before the convention. But yeah, I've spoken, um, you know, different social media or digital media panels and I've done some stuff. You and I actually did the same panel in back-to-back years on apps. <laughs> they kept that one in. So I've done that and just different things like that. And it's always been a really, really fun thing to do. Um, even though I complain about having to get up and having to plan, it's also really, really cool because you do meet a lot more people that way um, in addition to all the other networking you do. And it's really cool for people who come to your session to learn from you. And then they, you know, a lot of the times you ask for questions and there are questions or suggestions and they'll 
they'll come back with some really cool and um, informative things that are like, you know, you said this, but I do it this way. And, you know, maybe you can try it this way. And I have a lot of those times to to get to learn from people that are kind of in the audience or the crowd while you're speaking has been really fun. And then also just like, I think, bettering myself professionally by speaking in front of large groups of people, regardless of what the topic is, being able to go up there and and do some public speaking. Um, I think each year I've gotten a little better at it. So that's been really cool. And then, like you said, you've also done some of these. So what what was your experience? Was it the similar or was it similar? Or was it different? Yeah, that's so funny that you say that about public speaking because I I think I'm a, a decent public speaker, but I do not enjoy it. <laughs> so <laughs> anytime I'm asked to do something like that, I say yes, because I think it's good practice for me to not just like get used to it, but get more comfortable, I think, with it. Um, So that's really funny that you mentioned that, because even though you're saying no this year, (laughs) I (laughs) like literally have a rule about saying yes to things like that. And that's like my own personal rule. So yeah, I've really liked being um, a presenter and this for the same reasons. I like to make my presentations like really interactive. So I and to leave them like learning more than I thought I would um, Mm -hmm. from like, you know, crowd and audience like interaction and suggestions. But I also really like the follow up of it. Like after the convention, when I get home, like Mm -hmm. two weeks, I've had people like reaching out to me like, hey, I missed your presentation, like couldn't get to it, or I wasn't at convention, like, can you um, like share with me what you talked about or like send me the PowerPoint or whatever. And that's really cool to me because like the networking continues after. And I've mm-hmm. like a lot of, con- I don't want to say context. It sounds so cold. Um, but I've, I've actually <laughs> made like a lot of friends just on like being active throughout yeah. the convention, like on Twitter and then meeting people and then like following up with them afterwards and just building those relationships. So yeah, I've, yeah. Yeah, I've enjoyed that part. <laughs> during your speaking opportunities has there been like one panel or one thing that's been your favorite probably the apps one I got to be like really creative with that one um, <laughs> I know that you did that one so I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yours was so much better than mine though <laughs> I went to yours it was really really good you killed it thanks friend like I said posting is not like my favorite thing but I'm <laughs> no it's good um my favorite I'm trying to think of my favorite too because I've done a decent, um, this last year, I think was probably my favorite. We did, it was like the first day. So I didn't think it'd be very well attended, but, um, they also didn't tell us that it was like in the ballroom. Um, and they had to like mic us up and everything. Girl. I was not aware that it was a big room. I thought it was going to be like 30 people. <laughs> and so we got up there. It was with Zach, who we actually interviewed on this podcast from UMBC. Um, and then my friends, Randall and Josh from Newberry and Texas A&M Commerce and we it was a really really good panel about social media and kind of three different things each of each of us on the panel talked about social media in three different ways zach obviously was like owning a moment (laughs) which um uh, he did very well um and then randall's was kind of like you know obviously newberry does a really really good job at turning basic game stories into like really creative things or his actually was about i think it was their baseball team ended up playing two games in two states in one day Oh with the way God. that their schedule worked out so he did a tight did like a timeline of their whole trip with videos and pictures and i think he did it like on a spark page or something to make it really really visual so he talked about that and then i just talked about general video and how to use it and in a way at that point i was still at a d3 or i was just coming out of a d3 
um, so talked about like that. And it was just a really fun panel. I think the big group we got, um, it was really well, worked really well for us. And we got a lot of questions, which is always the best thing about a panel. I always hate when you get to the end and you have 10 or 15 minutes left and you're like, all right, anyone have any questions or anything you want to talk about? And then it's just dead silent. That's the worst. And like, I'm glad you're well informed, but like, ask me something, please. <laughs> um, and so it, it was super interactive. We had a ton of people talking and it, I think it really well. So that's my favorite one, probably. I was just thinking like, um, there's so many different types of, <coughs> um, there's so many different types of sessions. Like I know that when you mm -hmm. look at like the program, there's like, there's social media and then there's like statistics and like writing and like work-life balance. Like, yeah. Do you have like a preferred like avenue that you stand <laughs> yeah I think in terms of do you mean in terms of speaking or in terms of ones that, the I attend? Ones that you attend because I'm just thinking like like again there, and, yeah. there's like various there's various like topics but yeah. specifically when we get to convention there's there's usually nothing that's like super new yeah. you know what I mean like we're not we're not yeah. breaking ground on this like this thing at this yeah. panel so like <laughs> do you have any like specific topics that you like stick to or do you just kind of do a variety I kind of do a variety I try to like in the month or so whenever they put out the the schedule kind of go through and game plan ish what I want to do I obviously being now with my role with my role being more digital media I go try to go to a lot of those panels but like you said none of this is really groundbreaking or new and so I try not to like just stick strictly to those because it's my job and I already do a lot of it and a lot of it gets repetitive after a little bit I try to go to a lot of digital media stuff just because it's the most relevant, but I do like a lot of the more, I guess, theoretical discussions where you're talking about work-life balance and, and, you know, I think they had some women in the industry ones last year and they actually had some men one, men's ones too, that are men's health and things like that, which I think um, obviously not relevant to my life, but I think is super important in this field because there are so many health issues on both sides, men's and women's, but it is cool to have it geared more towards your gender. So I think those ones are always fun. I try to mix some of those in there. Um, and then a lot of the times, if I have a friend who's presenting, you obviously have to go to support. And I've been lucky to have a lot of friends who present. So I try to make it out to all of theirs, whatever they're presenting on, even if it has literally no relevance to my life. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I tend to stick more to more to my job. Um, what about you? Yeah, I think I think I'm probably similar. I try to mix it up. And it, it always depends on who I'm with. Um, not necessarily like sticking mm -hmm. with them, but I know I didn't go last year. I was actually traveling with our volleyball team abroad last year, but I went the previous summer. So 2017, um, when it was in Orlando before this <laughs> and we, there was like, I want to say like six or seven of us from Michigan that went, which was super cool. So we kind of tried to like divide and conquer in a way. Um, and we came up with like, mm -hmm not like a schedule, but we came up with like a list of things that we wanted to attend and, and then we would like kind of split up and then report back on it later so that we were like mm -hmm. getting the most sessions out of it um, as possible. So sometimes you're like, oh, well, no one else is going to this one. So I think I'm going to go to this <laughs> one because there's probably, you know, of course, these are like professionals and we love these people. So there's, there's probably at least one or two good nuggets in there right even if it's not something that I'm super interested in right now but my group or like my department could mm -hmm. utilize this so I try to switch it up but it like I said it kind of depends 
what are yeah. some of the other things like you know outside of the like sessions i mean that's obviously why we're there but what are some of your other favorite things about attending um i think i mean we kind of talked about networking i think even though it sounds like such a simple thing of networking i think it's a little bit deeper than that when you go to convention because you are getting to spend three four five however many days you go for um with this group of people and oftentimes you make some really close friends or you see some people who you're really close with but you haven't been able to see in person for a while and I think the networking outside of just like making connections in this in this field, it's it helps for learning down the road because there are a lot of people I've met and made connections with that I can then I know they're really good at this skill or they're really good at this thing. And if I need help with that, I know down the road, they can help me and kind of teach me as if they were doing a panel or something. And I think that's been one of the really fun parts is just like making some friends who now going into my fifth convention this year, I've I've known for quite a while. Um but, you know, like I said, they can just keep helping you learn uh, because there are so many talented people in this field and so many of them go to convention and give you a chance to meet them. And I think that's been one of the really fun things. And then also just like we kind of talked about the public speaking, I think getting a chance to get smarter <laughs> and more skilled with with things is always fun to, for a reason to go. Um, what about you? Yeah, I definitely love. I, I don't know if I could say love. I definitely appreciate the networking session. um I am not like I'm a very friendly person I'm a very easy person to talk to and have conversations with but at the end of like a convention day I'm just totally wiped so a lot of the networking Mm -hmm. um sessions like later in the day are really tough for me because just I'm mentally drained and like physically tired I I would definitely call myself an introvert so it takes a lot for me to like go out and attend those sessions but I do appreciate those opportunities of course those networking sessions are are huge and they're invaluable I just need a little extra pep talk sometimes but one of my favorite things also is like the 5k I think that's like a unique thing Mm -hmm. Um, and I know they've done it for a while but I think it's just a unique way to like get people out and especially as we talk about like work work life balance is always an issue and being healthy is always an issue just based on the the hours that we work and the number of hours that we work so um getting out and doing the 5k yeah. with people who can run don't want to run aren't very good at it like stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know there's there's something for everybody and you can always find a buddy to like stick with you through it so that's also one of my favorite things yeah, that's a, a really good point. Um, everyone I've talked to does the 5K loves it. I just not a morning person, really? so your girl is not getting up that early to go <laughs> to go outside in the summer really? heat. But like I said, everybody that I know who does it is loves it. And obviously, registration. I'm not sure if it's started yet, but it will be starting soon. Um, so if you want to do the 5K, that's definitely something you should go. It's for charity. Um, I think all the money that's raised goes to charity. Um, you get a T-shirt. And you get to go run or walk. They have a walk walk section. I have a friend who won the walking yeah. medal. So, like you said, there literally is something I for know, everybody. There's usually um, like a community service project too. I've never actually participated, mm-hmm. which I wish I had now that I'm like admitting that out loud. Um, yeah. But I, I know that there's <laughs> other stuff like that too. And I don't know if that's like, I don't know which committee puts that on, but I know that there mm-hmm. is an opportunity for that. Yeah, it's actually, I think, the Goodwill and Wellness Committee. One of my coworkers is, I don't know if he has a, a chair role in that committee, um, but they've done a lot. I know, I think last year, the 
the charity was Martha's Table up in D.C. And on, I want to say it was Wednesday when we all got to town, they did a one or two hour service project where they made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some other stuff and brought them down to Martha, where Martha's Table is headquartered to obviously feed people who are underprivileged. I know in the past they've also done, I forget what the charity is named, I want to say it was the Dallas one. Samaritan's oh, Feet, yeah. I think, is one they do often, and they've gone and they've they've washed kids' mm-hmm. feet, and you know, kids who are underprivileged and and may never have anything like this, they go down there. And they've helped a lot, and um, going with charity, another really cool charity giving back event is Young Cosida, which is in its last year this year um, at the convention will be the last time we have the Young Cosida Charity Social, which has always been a highlight of my conventions. It's always been super fun. A lot of people go, and there's a ton of money raised for charity. I think this last year, um, it was over $2,000. I know they've done more than that in the past as well. You know, you buy your ticket to get in. That money goes to charity. And then you also, they have uh, raffles all night long um, and some really, really cool stuff. I know, I can't remember, was it you who gave me the Texas it was. stuff? <laughs> <So> funny. Um, <laughs> I still use my Texas Longhorns mug, but um, I yeah. thought it was you. <laughs> Um, but like they give some really cool stuff, whether it's jerseys. I know um, someone, I think it was Patrick from, who was at Louisiana Tech at the time, um, gave a Terry Bradshaw signed football or jersey or something. Um, they've had some other autograph stuff that they, they raffle off. And um, it's really, really fun, really fun time. Um, and this, like I said, this is the last one. So if you want to give back to charity one more time for that group, um, they usually do registration in May, March or April. So be on the lookout for that because it is one of the most fun nighttime events that you'll go to. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's so many things. There's so many great things about the convention in general and, you know, beyond the sessions, like you just mentioned, these like charity events and um, these opportunities for everyone to get together. But it is and it can be a little expensive, uh, especially for some smaller (laughs) schools with some smaller budgets. Or even, you know, bigger schools yeah. who, with smaller budgets or bigger schools with lots of staff who can't afford to send everybody. So um, mm-hmm. do you have any ideas for, like, helping to offset those costs? I know that we we talked in our our episode last time about the COSIDA grant, and that's coming to that registration or um, application process is coming to an end soon. So you can't do the grant anymore, but any other, like, cost-saving tips? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest one is obviously sharing your hotel room. That's probably the biggest expense you'll have at Cosida. <laughs> Actually, it's absolutely the biggest expense unless you do something crazy with your time off. But I mean, registration is a little pricey. It's a couple hundred dollars, but the hotel is obviously going to be quite expensive. You know, anytime you go to a, mm-hmm. ho- or a convention hotel, they're, they're nice hotels because they have to be big enough to have meeting spaces and everything. Um, so it is a little expensive. So a roommate can obviously help cut that cost in half really quickly. Sometimes it goes from 800 to to 1000 dollars down to four or five, which is a big change. So I have always had that and I've lucked out, though I haven't worked with any females who I could room with. Um I have met some really great females in my experiences in this job to where I kind of have like a convention buddy. Um whether it was Cosida convention or some other conventions I attended the last few years where I always had her as a roommate. And then I've had some other people on years that we weren't both going to something that I've stepped in. So that's always helped me. I've always roomed with somebody. I've never had my room at one of these things. And I actually kind of like it more because I do like the comfort of having someone else in the room when you come home. Sometimes late at night, a lot of these socials go till midnight, one, some of them even go to 2am. Um, and if you were to stay the whole time, it's 
it is nice to not be going back to an empty room by yourself or anything like that or have someone to hang out with and just go back at night and chill. So that's one of the big things I've done. Um, and then obviously, as you spoke, a lot of schools don't have a lot of money to send it, but a lot of schools won't give any money to send it outside of just like not having a ton. I think trying to have an open and honest com- or conversation with your administration about why they should help offset some of the costs to come to COSIDA if you were someone who they don't have a budget for it necessarily. I think it's really important for administrators to try to send their employees to things like this. Not only does it make them better, it'll make everything they do for your school better and it will make people happier, I think. I think there's a lot of positives that come out of this that'll help people's mental health, but also That's their really good job point. skills. Maybe, um, you know, striking a deal like you go every two years instead of every every year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to add, like, cost-saving-wise... One of the things that my department did the last time that we went, we, there was a bunch of us, I think I said earlier, like six or seven of us, and we went grocery shopping. Like we got these, we didn't actually stay at the hotel, the convention hotel, Mm -hmm. but we stayed on the same property in these villas. Um, And so we literally just went grocery shopping and then we got what we wanted and that way we didn't have to go. I mean, we could still go to that that Starbucks line at the, the Orlando Marriott, <laughs> um, but we weren't. You know, it was it was a lot easier to mm-hmm. um, manage our meals when you have things A that you're going to eat, and then B yeah. that are like easy to make in your hotel room or whatever. So I know that I had like a, a lot of granola bars or something that tided me over during some sessions um, instead of you know running out to the Starbucks or like the hotel store or whatever yeah i think that's probably a good option for a lot of people too yeah food is definitely a place i think where a lot of money gets spent sometimes unnecessarily and i'll admit i'm fully guilty of doing that they do have but there are places um during convention where you can get free food i mean there's a few luncheons there's some award ceremonies where they give lunch there's some social cocktail hour type things where they have hors d'oeuvres um so there is ways to get free food which is always nice but then if you if you do, like you said, grocery shopping is a super smart idea because there aren't a lot of, especially this year, there aren't a lot of hotel restaurants. Um, and the ones they are, obviously, being in a hotel convention center, the prices are usually a little bit higher than other restaurants. Um, and so it's definitely smart to have some food and, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I think, to cut back you know, as costs. with any convention, as with any trip out of town, like there's a potential to just run your bill up mm-hmm. um, and A lot of people do, I know, make this into a vacation, and that's absolutely wonderful if you have the means to do that. But if cost is something that's weighing heavily on your mind, you know, there are certainly ways to manage those costs. And as I think we've explained, Mm -hmm. like this, you know, attending convention is just really, truly like invaluable. Yeah, I agree. And I think just on more of a general topic related to convention, I think There's so much to learn. We talked about kind of our experience, but there's so much to learn and so much positive you get out of it. One thing I was going to mention earlier, um, you were talking about how you and your your coworkers all split up. I think it's so smart. I've heard of other people doing this when they get back to the office, having a group meeting where you kind of each go over your individual experience, maybe some panels that only you went to or a couple of you went to and you guys can kind of talk about it and then sort of reteach it so then everybody can learn more and then also they can give their own feedback on it, which will then help you learn. So I think there's so much good. And whether that's at your school, at your conference, or with people in your area, or just your friends, if you can, you know, a few of your friends get together on a 
a phone call or you guys all are local, you can meet up and talk about like your experiences. It only furthers the learning you just did um, over a very condensed three to four days. So I think that's always super helpful. Yeah, Kitty, those are all good points. And I know that we, um, I mentioned earlier, actually, that I stayed the last time, at least that I was in Orlando, I stayed in like an offsite villa, but I know that you typically stay in the, the hotel that's like on site where the convention is. And can you kind of just like talk through why you do that? Yeah, definitely. So I have lucked out the four years I've gone in the past that I've been able to get into the main hotel, which can sometimes be a little bit of a bear. Um, but obviously registering the second it opens, if you know you can go and you know you can can pay for it, everything, registering the second it opens is the best way to get in the main hotel. Um, it, it does fill it quickly. I think last year it was like 15 minutes before it filled up. Um, and so it, it's very hard to get into, but it's super worth it. Um, this convention, the offsite hotels are still really, really nice hotels and they're really good properties, but they are a shuttle right away. Um, it is a free shuttle that's provided by Cosida. I'm not sure the hours it goes and ends, but I do know that it runs pretty much all day long um, and relatively late into the night, I believe. Um, so that's always helpful if you aren't able to get into the main hotel and it is a little cheaper to stay offsite too. So that could be another way to cut down on your costs. Um, by staying in that hotel, I think it's usually about 20, 30, maybe even more dollars cheaper per night um, than the World Center Marriott. But I do, I think it's a, it's beneficial to stay in the main hotel if you can and if you can afford it. Um, you kind of get to stay at things a little bit later sometimes when you're, if there are any offsite networking events or social events, they always bring you back to that hotel. So it does cut down on, on your shuttle time. Um, and also, I've heard of people leaving stuff in their hotel rooms, and I've done that plenty of times. And if you're staying off-site, it's also probably going to be a 20 to 30-minute ride back over there between catching the shuttle at the right time and the drive time and everything like that. Um, but I think it's a personal decision. If you're if you're someone who's just coming to go to the sessions and then kind of chilling at night, I, I think it makes total sense to stay off-site. There really is not a huge need to be at the main hotel if you're just coming for the learning and going home each evening, or if you're bringing your family with you, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of people turn this into a vacation for their family. Um, so there's a lot of decisions I think you have to make when you're doing that. I know both of them do start booking the day registration opens on February 13th at noon Eastern. Um, and I think usually they don't let you start booking the offsite hotels until the main ones filled up. But this year they are letting you book all at the same time, which is super nice. Um, and then with the main hotel, they are also making everyone put down a deposit this year, which is different from every year past that I've been. Um, so that's another thing to think about is if you're able to put down, um, I think it's a pretty sizable deposit. It's a few hundred dollars or half half your stay, maybe. Um, so that's another thing to consider when you're booking where you're staying. Um, but I also think it's a good idea, like you did, to stay off-site completely. Um, maybe rent a car, maybe just Uber and get a house where you have a kitchen and you can make your own meals and that'll help you cut down on costs and you can also share with more than just one person. Um, so that's kind of my philosophy, I guess, on lodging during convention. Um, anything else to add to that? No, I, I'm actually, I'm really excited about this convention. I'm not going, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> my maternity leave, which is exciting, will will take me out of the mix for that one. But I just love, even though um, I won't be able to attend and I wasn't able to attend last year because I was working, um, I love hearing all the things that 
like go on a convention and getting all of the you know feedback from everyone that attended so i'm i'm pretty excited about this awesome well like i said the convention registration is next wednesday february 13th at 12 eastern um noon eastern so as i said with hotels it books up quickly hop on there at noon eastern or 11 central or 10 mountain time or 9 pacific time <laughs> wherever you're at or hawaii i don't know what time that would be but hawaii time earlier <laughs> um but i i think it's it's a really fun thing and if you're on the fence about going i think you should um if you can afford it or if you're if your work's willing to pay for it which hopefully they are um it's a really good time a really positive experience and you will come out of it learning a lot about the industry, a lot about yourself, a lot about new friends. Um, and there's some really cool ways to, um, you know, make the most of this experience. Absolutely. And I'm not sure if we ever actually said the dates of convention, but it is June 9th through the 12th. Um, obviously, that's 2019 in Orlando, Florida at, I think it's called the World Center Marriott. Is that right, Katie? I believe that is correct. Orlando World Center Marriott. So um, if you can make it, great. If you can't, um, you and I can hang out <laughs> virtually because we won't be there. Um, but yeah, so everyone, thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Casado Connection podcast. We truly appreciate um, you kind of just hanging out with us for like a half hour. And um, I know Katie and I really enjoy um, bringing you some exciting Cosida happenings. So thanks as always for listening. Um, if you are on Twitter, follow Cosida at um, Cosida News. And then you can follow me at KFG winning and you can follow katie moochie at katie katie moochie <laughs> at katie moochie <laughs> perfect awesome so um thanks again for tuning in and i know that we will have some upcoming or some episodes upcoming um that will hit you and hit your itunes or your stitcher coming up shortly so stay tuned and thanks again bye